you said. Um, little note was just passed for me, so I guess I bring it up. So I think it was last Saturday Jade got everybody together for the auxiliary. Uh-huh. And um and we was fellowshipping and a lot was going on before I got there and the power of God was being used and then um then it happened again. So without going into personal, people, you know, everybody there in some kind of way got set free mm-hmm. in some kind of way, uh, whatever was going on. And the perfect example was, hadn't Jade not been obedient to the Lord, a lot of people's blessings mm-hmm. would not have been received, you know, received. Right. So I just say when you was talking about the sales, the Lord was showing me the body, like the shape of a body, but it being Christ. And so we are all those cells. Right. So as we are growing, even though you have it in your home, your foundation still springs from Lionheart, which springs from God because God gave him the blueprint and the plans for us. So we can't work outside of the blueprint or the plans because then you're working outside of what God has planned for us. You know what I mean? So be careful, like you're saying, not to necessarily get the big head. But I also hear the Lord saying when we, when he giving you something, and this for a lot of people in here, because you feel like you're not in a certain place, because you feel like you're not a, a pastor or a prophet or you don't, feel like you have the word. Well, we're in a prophetic church. And the gift of prophecy is here for all of us. And so if you listen, he will give you something for somebody. And we cannot be casual Christians. We have to begin to walk in holy boldness and begin to speak those things that God is sharing with us to others. You know when it's Satan talking and when it's God. Satan will do anything to belittle people and hurt people. When God gives something, it's to uplift them and um, show his compassion and love. So just remember that when just also for those that you're just coming into this, just take your time and you will get to the place where God is saying, okay, you want to do the sale groups. He'll set you up and teach you so you can get there. This is for people that are new members and you're growing. Because sometimes we want to rush God and rush things. But it, everything comes with a process. So, But you have to know that when he was talking about those trillions of sales, how many it was, well, guess what? You're one of those sales, and your sale works along in the body so it can function as well. So when it functions together, that's how we're going to do here in America what Bishop Oyedepo is doing in Africa. Just what the pastor said, God has given us the blueprint. This is exactly how it's going to happen. So I'm going to need you all to step out your comfort zone and walk in holy boldness and do not be casual Christians and make casualties. Be holy Christians and bring holiness back to the church. I just want to say Amen. That. No, no, excellent. I mean, because that, that stoked a couple of things that I wanted to share and that, y'all, and I forgot to mention this, because what the Holy Spirit is doing is he's taking us back to the original blueprint, which is church was every day, not on Sunday. And what I mean by that is, I'm not saying that you have to be in church every single day. What I'm saying is, is that 
you were working your Christian walk in several areas every single day because we're trying to win a war. The church right now has become a place where you do your own thing Monday, uh, Monday through Saturday, you know, and then you do all your grocery shopping on Saturday, and then you just go to church, hear a nice little message, do it maybe if you volunteer, then you go out to eat and you go home, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? And the church knows nothing about no. I got I'm, I'm, you get up because of, they don't know anything because they're not being taught the eternal rewards part. Where you get up and you say, you know what? This is another day for me. This the Bible says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Lay up for yourselves in treasures in heaven where it cannot be corrupted. Well, that's a daily thing, not a Sunday thing. That's when you read this, that they were in the temple every single day and in the homes every single day. Now, of course, they had less to do, but that's not necessarily true because it was an agricultural society. You know what? You can make time for whatever you want to make time for. Some people are just too busy doing what? You're still broke. That means you ain't busy enough. You know what I'm saying? I, oh, I shouldn't have said that. But if you're that busy, you ain't got no money, then what, what are you doing? I don't mean to be rude and everything. Y'all see what y'all hear what Benny Hinn did? Y'all hear what Benny Hinn did? Benny Hinn came out publicly and said, yeah. He said, we was out of order for teaching that prosperity gospel foolishness. He said all that stuff about sow a thousand dollar seed and all that type of stuff. And he said, quite frankly, he said, the Holy Spirit is just tired of it. He said, I see the Bible differently today than I did back then. I was like, not me. I saw it the same back then as I see it today. I always knew that was some foolishness. Told you about the guy, uh, I don't want to say his name because he is a good minister. And they were doing that thing, one of those telethons. He weeping and crying, you know, we're going down, we're going down, going down then. <laughs> Jesus started the thing, something wrong, he can't finance it. And we're going down, we're going down. Next thing you know, I done pulled out my wallet and gave $1,000 to that thing. Nothing wrong with that, if that's what the Lord placed on your heart. I don't know what I felt that day, especially after I saw it a few months later and I saw the same one and it was a rerun. So I'm sitting here in front of TV. Now, when I gave, was it the original programming? Or was it the rerun? <laughs> Benny Hinn went off. He said, he told him, he said, don't ask me to do another telethon. He said, don't ask me to do another one. So he sent me the video. And uh, he said, don't ask me to do another telethon. All this stuff about you're going to sow a seed and all that type of stuff. Guess, boom. That's why I tell people, I don't play financial games. I will tell, when it came to this Nigeria trip, and thank you for giving, we only got like four or $5,000 left. I left that up to you. I didn't, I didn't say, or, you know, some special anointing give to the Nigeria trip service. No, it's simple. The trip costs $15,000 just in airline tickets. If you want to give, Give. If you don't have it, don't. And the Lord will bless you the same. And so there are times when I don't want to say anything. And the Lord makes me say something because he needs to give you an opportunity to sow seed. And then once you sow your seed, he then makes up the difference supernaturally. One of my previous pastors, he said that he was preaching on the street. They had a team that would preach on the street. And he said that they were preaching a sermon. And he said a, um, a homeless woman came up to him, and she said, Pastor, I just want to give you, the Lord told me to give you my last $20. And he didn't play financial games like that. And that wasn't a game, but he said, ma'am, the last thing I will ever do is take your $20. And he said, the Lord screamed to me from heaven and said, boy, what are you doing? He said, I sent her to sow a seed so I can get something in her hand. You robbing her by not taking it. See, but you got, it's, it's, it's as the Lord places upon your heart, not as the pastor places it on your mind. 
You know what I'm saying? And so, and so that's the wonderful part about how we do the offering thing here. How do, yeah, so I just threw that side note in about Benny Hinn. He's like, oh, yeah, no, God, I was just sitting up there eating Cheetos as usual. Told y'all. I've been telling them, if y'all boogers think, though, what is it, the, the wealth transfer, how many of y'all heard that teaching? I was just like, no, nope, 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 nope. If you don't know about that teaching, don't even look it up. It's this teaching, and it came out of the charismaniacs who, who said that it's a great wealth transfer, and they based it on Moses and them coming out, the, uh, coming out of Egypt. That wasn't a wealth transfer. That was wages they would do, but that's another topic. Okay. Um, um, great wealth transfer, and, and, and all of a sudden, one day, <laughs> all the sinners broke, and all of the Christians rich. Okay, yeah, that's, that's big in the charismatics, the great wealth transfer. I was like, nope. I said, first of all, if that did happen, and on Monday, all of the sinners were broke, and all of the Christians were rich, on Tuesday, <laughs> all of the Christians would be broke, because they would have bought up all of the stuff that the sinners had, because they don't know nothing about managing money. If you think God above is going to get up one morning because he doesn't have anything better to do and just push that green dollar bill Holy Ghost button like you see on those commercials and all of a sudden now all of the money is transferred into the church, nope, not going to happen just like reparations. It's not going to happen. Not, neither one of them is going to happen. Some of y'all might be in there. We need it. No, you don't. You need to get a job. You need to figure out how to invest. Quit waiting on the government to send you something that happened 100 years ago. It's not going to happen. I'm waiting on my, what is it? In a mule? 40 acres in a mule. Ain't no more acres, and we don't use mules no more. We have cars. The government not about to give you no money. I'm just letting you know that. They're going to take your money, but they're not about to give you none. Instead of you waiting on the government, you might want to try to make something happen yourself. How I got on that, now I remember. So, we got to go back to having church on where you, we are making this thing happen day in. There's a church in Mexico that has church seven days a week, five services a day. Cranking. It can be done, but it got to be done from the top. Somebody got to spearhead this, and then they convince the people to roll with it. And there was something that you said. It was one last point that I was going to make that it was very, very important. Oh, there it is. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so, just because I got to keep, this is something that has to be taught on a regular basis. So I can kind of groom your mind with it. Always remember this. When the believers get together, anything can happen. Now, I, I don't know, I can't remember why I couldn't come to that fellowship. Well, I don't even remember what was going on last Saturday. Oh, I had family in town, duh. So that's the only reason I come. So, parent, you know, demons were being cast out, deliverance. It was supposed to just be a fellowship, but hanging out with some food. But when the believers, when, when, when believers at a church like this, full of the Holy Ghost, and have seen demons cast out and the stuff that I teach y'all, y'all get together, all it takes is one little thing to pop off. Okay, food all over the floor, grease all over the walls, wigs cocked to the side. All that. That's all it takes. Okay? And if you get offended at that, you can stay your behind home. We came to fellowship. Stop. And in Baxter said they prayed, fellowship, they did all that stuff. Anything. The Holy Ghost will interrupt you at any given moment. 
How many have been out in public and you're trying to get home? The Holy Ghost interrupts you. I want you to talk to that person. Now your spouse wondering, where are you at? Okay. So, so now, but when it comes to unbelievers or new people, then you might you have to learn how to be sensitive to the people in the room. It's, we don't want to invite them into our homes for the purpose of displaying all of our talents and our gifts and our Holy Ghost vocal cords and how much oil that we can sling and how many demons we can cast out, how much we can prophesy. Okay? Now, you might give a prophecy. You might even have to turn, you might even have to tone the tongues down a little bit. Okay? And you just have, you always, be, when it's a small group, be sensitive to the new individual. Be sensitive to the new individual. Okay? Let's hold head and pray. What are you speaking Spanish? No, they speaking tongues. What's that? You just told them, uh-uh. Nope, I won't be back. I ain't into this type of stuff. When you got to be sensitive to the y'all, this is not this is not about the display of gifts. This is the for the purpose of discipling people. And sometimes we have to water ourselves down so that we can. Paul said, I became all that I might win some from every group. Okay, I don't mean you go bump and grind at the nightclub. I'm just saying that you have to tone your power down to make people feel comfortable. And when you tone it down, they'll still be overwhelmed. So these, but see, watch this. These are all these are lessons that you learn concerning sensitivity, and these things will fold over into other areas like money and investments and real estate. You just name it. It's it's all for. And guess what? And then that, that being a being a small group leader also, you come up to the next level of reward. Then I'll be doing it. I'm being a small group leader because I want to get paid. No, stop. Sit down. Go back to the altar again. Okay. <laughs> I gotta say this stuff, Daniel. People be like. You'd be surprised, okay? So it's going to be wonderful. We're at our next stage of growth. Nobody needs to be afraid. Like I always say, um, I always tell people, you never know how someone feels about you until you make a mistake. And let me say this and put this in your mind right now. There are some of you that you're going to make such a mistake that maybe somebody that is in your small group will be offended and they will leave because of your mistake. And guess what? That's okay. You know why? Because you might offend one or make a mistake with one on your way to learning how to win 100. So if we stop you because you made a mistake with one, you never learn from the mistake to get to the 100. With me, when you make a mistake, wonderful, you made a mistake. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times and gets what? Right back up again. With Jesus, you fell down. Okay, stop panting and commercial. I'm falling down and I can't get up. Get your behind up. You made a mistake, Peter. And, and the mistakes that Peter made were major mistakes. Wham! All of a sudden, no more ear. Jesus picked a man. Jesus. I get the revelation of what I just did after the fact. Picked the ear up. Boom. That was a mistake, Peter. He, he said... He said, now, if you're going to use the sword like that right now, you're going to die that way. Because these men came out here with swords. He said, it's time for me to die. Made a mistake. Okay. Same Peter. Denied the Lord three times. Went to Peter. Didn't even bring the mistake up. He denied the Lord three times. So Jesus showed up to where Peter was and asked him, do you love me three times? To cancel out the three times, he denied him. And just said, would you please? It was always, would you please get back to what you were doing before? Can you, anyone show me in scripture where someone was stopped because they made an honest mistake? 
You know Do you see what the problem is in the body of Christ? We're not even allowing y'all to grow. Is there anything anybody has done in here and you were perfect the first time, the 10th time, the 20th, the 100th? No, I'm still making mistakes. And I've been doing this since 1993. I mean, there are times that I've said certain things and I'm like, oh, I wish I had never said that because that was a mistake. I told you about the one time I lost it and the Lord threatened me. The only that's the only time I felt, what it, I felt like, I felt what it feels like if God getting ready to kill you. I remember that. I'd never have it again. I was driving that van down in that dark, lonely road, and I could almost see that lightning bolt right above that van. He was, the Lord was mad at me. He was mad. Okay, and so, so for many of you, guess what? Being a small group leader or a part of it is going to bring another level of deliverance. It'll be the first time that you're free to be a leader, and we'll say, guess what? Mm-mm. Now, see this? The reason why you can't do this is because of this, 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 this. Ooh, yeah. It's all right. It's, boom, you're learning. Bam. It's nothing like being under someone that doesn't kick you to the curb because you made a mistake. They just, and, and, and eventually what happens is, you do you know that you will make less mistakes when you're not afraid if you make one? You make mistakes. Watch this. You, you got the gun. And, and, and you're so concerned about what they're going to say if you shoot it the wrong way that you end up shooting up the whole place. Okay, people make mistakes when they're nervous, you know, because they... Okay, I'm going to give a personal testimony. I don't think Lisa mine is my last one. Because it's really about love, walking in love, and training people to do the work of the ministry. Well, because of Lisa's past, this is where I close, it's 11, 12. So y'all ain't going to get me, I'm getting better and better. Where, where, when Lisa first came here, you know, she was always used to, you know, if you're not living right, people don't, people that don't live right, they don't like prophets, especially if they're a leader. <clears throat> when she showed up, never mind, I won't say that. So she came and what Lisa would do was she's used to being kicked out of churches. And so when she first came, I guess she was first when she first came to the church, she was like, Psh, what is this? She came to the riveted location. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm just man, there ain't no problem. I mean, bam, people judge me. I didn't judge. I, I judge my own thing that way. What is this? <laughs> okay, so she came and the Lord told her, uh, this is the place where your ministry will be birthed. That's what this is. So she watched. She got comfortable. She was like, he seemed like he different. I remember that, remember that time you gave me that book? She, was, she gave me this book on prophesying. I think she was trying to butter me up. You know, maybe if he read this book, he'll be open to it. Okay, and so she came and she'd be sitting way over there and she just hollered out the prophecy right in the midst of service. <laughs> you remember that? We were like, we ain't even get it on the, on, on the. And so, so I pulled her aside. I said, hey, I said, I understand why you're doing that. I said, but it's because you, you, you want to get it out, but you're afraid. I said, so. I said, uh, some other things that transpired in regards to me activating her as a prophet. She told me to lay hands on her for that. You know, and I trusted her that way. And so, and so I said, uh, so what I need you to do is, I said, if you really do, now, we want, now let me say this. I know I'm a little bit all over the place. With newer people, we're not going to let them do that anymore. We're going to start training them and then we'll start giving them a platform to be able to do that. Not that anybody in here wrong, it's not. But, but you have new people that come in and, and when they see that, they just want to jump up. Remember that lady that, the Jezebel lady that 
never mind. Y'all won't even hear for that. My wife still talks about that. So, so I said, so if you have something, I said, come down front, ask for the microphone. And I said, then you can give it. So she eventually worked her right down front. And so she come and she'd be like, you know, this. And I'd give her the microphone. <laughs> Go to her seat. So I pulled her aside the next time. I said, hey, I think this is when she began to snap. I said, this is not the Ofa Turnbow show. I said, it is disrespectful for me to dishonor if you have something by the Holy Spirit and then I'll rush what he has to say through you. I said, so, it's not the Ofa Turnbow show. So if you have something to say, pass the microphone, take your time and share what it is that you have to share boom so then she got the microphone and then she started doing this one thus so the lord he's getting ready to take you higher to the level that you've never seen before so i had to pull her aside okay now you're taking your time but now the people are not catching the prophecy because they you're throwing tongues in between every prophecy which is people people do that when they're nervous you're just nervous. And so I said, take your sweet time. Now, she take the microphone. I don't know if I'm preaching. <laughs> what? So, but see, that's what you become. And she ain't nowhere near where she's going to be. But that's what you become. When, when pastors do what Jesus said, he said, I called you to teach the people how to do the work of the ministry. She got more and more free when she realized, okay, it's a safe place. I can must make a mistake here. I'm not going to sit down on, get set out on the curb. Okay? So, that's how it is. So, you know, with this, and how many know that's rare? It's rare. You're either not walking in power at all, or if you do try to, they're going to kick you to the curb. As soon as you make a mistake, you might do something wrong. It's not the end of the world. The disciples couldn't get a demon cast out. And Jesus said, look, he said, it's because of your unbelief. It was an explanation. It was because of your unbelief. And he said, and this time, time comes out through fasting and prayer. Since y'all didn't get the job done, y'all need to sit down for six months. He didn't say that, did he? He said, this is how. Boom. This is why. Send them right back out there. It's amazing how he trained them in the first place. He didn't sit them in a Bible school for two years. You know, now we, I, I believe in titles because God made them. I am an apostle, a pastor, and a teacher at the same time. Okay? You have, I don't know what Devon is. Okay? I think Devon is a prophet, pastor, and a teacher. <laughs> okay? You have Devon, I mean, then Elise who operates fully in prophet. You have Eric who is a teacher. Um, and so those are functions in the body of Christ. But, but, but they're for the purpose of sharpening the folk under us to become just at, remember what the scripture says? It says, it says, you'll never be greater than the teacher, but you will be as him. What the Bible says. And my favorite one is, everybody has seen the karate movie where, you know, my family gets murdered 
And so I want to avenge my parents. So I go find a master to teach me, you know, the tiger style and the crane style. Y'all remember them old movies and all that type of stuff, you know, and he trains him, he trains him and trains him. What was always amazing about that is, is that the master's job was never done until one thing happened. The servant could beat him. Once the servant could beat him, he was satisfied. Huh, my job is done because I, as a master, have created a stronger version than me. But in a church, keep them weak, stand on their shoulders, and make yourself a god. All right. I'm not the one. So church done wrong, terrible. Church done right, wonderful. But with these things, it just... You're going to spend the rest of your life, particularly for you all that's been in church for a long time, you're going to spend the rest of your time getting delivered. And there will be checkpoints where you'll run into a wall and I will tell you something and, and you'll have to deal with the emotions of, I think this is it. I think this is where he's getting ready to set me on the curb and then nothing happens. i never forget Devon. I'm about to tell him Devon one time. Because Devon's past is horrific in regards to how a church let him go very terrible it's very terrible I don't even bring it up it's terrible it's so terrible it make you want to go find that pastor and punch him in the mouth but the Lord required him to just like he required me to go to those guys thank you for the opportunity you gave me did him dirty nasty wrong dirty nasty wrong one time Devon and I he early on he's just a pastor and all I did was tell him let me tell you something how I am if I say I need to talk to you about something 99 times out of 10 it's not negative I just really need to talk to you about something. And you go in the hallway, what is it? You got some cough drops? <laughs> so, so we were in the service, and I said, hey, Devon, might have been Riverdale at Thursday prayer or something. I said, hey, Devon, I said, when we get in the car, remind me to talk to you about something. Well, I did not know that that simple statement put him in that mode of back then when that guy did him wrong. See? And so, and so when he realized what it was, he was just like, so it's, it's only, that's why it's so important for leaders to be consistent, consistent, because it's only as we are, I'm teaching stuff that they, you can't even get in Bible school, you hardly hear this stuff. So important for leaders to be consistently practicing the attitude and discipline of Jesus, because it's only as I try to stay consistently the same that it draws you up to change. See what I'm saying? And so, but then on the flip side, there are certain things that I have to walk through when it comes to my own personal deliverance. I said it was the last one. I'll just give you one more for me. That's my last one. And that is, you know, from time to time, I've had ministers that have attacked us because they did not agree with what it is that we were doing. Well, those were tests of deliverance for me because previous ministries that I was a part of is that when they got stabbed in the back or done wrong or attacked or whatever else, what they begin to do is they begin to put up safeguards. And now all of a sudden, you know, if I see uh, Tessa and her husband, you know, at the restaurant, we don't, my wife and I won't even speak to them because we don't want to get close to the congregation members. Because as they say, familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah, that's wonderful. But there are some people that familiarity does not breed contempt. There are some people that call me by my title and I know they don't respect me. There are some people that call me by my first name and if I ask them to do something, they'll do it at the drop of a dime, okay? And so, and so when, when that happened to me, uh, one of the staff members said, oh, we need to establish protocol and these principles now. And my wife said, for what? 
we didn't do nothing wrong. Ain't nothing for me to change. So I knew that at that moment, that was the deception test for me again. And that is, if a congregation member does you wrong and stabs you in the back, will you change your character and start treating the rest like the first one in order to protect yourself from hurt? See, I am not called to protect myself from hurt. I am called to minister to people. And with that, at times and in moments, you will get hurt. And that's just how it is. When you get hurt, you don't change anything. Like my wife said, ain't nothing for us to change. We didn't do anything wrong. We're going to hang out with the people more. Like we sometimes have movie stars. Yes, you are worthy to hang out with the Turnbulls. Man, please. Not unless you pay for the meal. Okay. So y'all get my point with that. I probably should, that's right there. It's just a whole sermon. So this is the reason why so much does not work in the church because um, just repeatedly, I deal with this every week, every week, every week, every week, is that that people, that the thumb has been on them. The thumb has been on them. Thumb has been on them. Then you have the ones, like recently a female prophet who came here. Lisa even prophesied over her and gave her an instruction. Met the lady at Little Caesars. And she came here. And because of her ministerial training and the religious circles that she's been a part of, like Church of God of Christ, all those different type of things, she got offended by the fact that I let Lisa flow freely. Highly offended. Said that we were totally out of order because God, thungs, God does things decently in order. Wrote me a long email about all of the changes that I need to make at this church. Why you don't got two nickels to rub together, bouncing around, having a conference and there's three women in it. <sighs> Talking about revival. No, it's not. It's a funeral. That's what it is. Gotta stop this stuff. We're having a revival meeting. No, you're not. You're having a guest speaker that's going to preach. It's not a revival. That's a sermon. But that's where the church is stuck. And then they want to talk about Joel Steen and Elevation Church and all of that. Very wonderful, okay? I'm not mad at those guys. I'm not mad at those guys at all. I take cues from them. You can learn something from anybody. You're not in those services to know what those people are doing. You know what? Elevation Church did something. They stopped it because they got on the hot water. Got on the hot water because of it. But they would have altar calls. And what they would do is, what they would do is, is that if I have an altar call, he said, now, if you want, you want Jesus, come to the altar right now. And they had people staged in the audience who would just start walking down. They did that because they knew that if they start walking down, it encourages all the other people. Look at all these people. And they would come down. I'm not mad at them for that. You know why? They're trying to get people saved. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. I'm just, how many know? It's so bad at her right now. Just everybody is just, and, and just more and more. You know what? Let me tell you something. Okay. I know we have different multicultural people here, but let me say something, particularly to African Americans at this moment. The spirit that is on the Ku Klux Klan, because the Ku Klux Klan is dying, that spirit is now shifting over to the very ones they attacked. I'm watching it just as clearly. I'm watching it just as clearly. More and more blacks, African Americans, whatever the name is, Negro, whatever term you want to use, colored, I don't know, changes every two months. Okay. That was a joke, folk. It's more like two years. <laughs> but you see in the spirit where more and more, they're just attacking other people. I, 
where now you got to be ashamed because you're white? And then you see the same thing where, where, where now they're attacking marriages. Now you, you got to be ashamed if it's a man and a woman that's married. And now it's even going further because if you really pay attention, they're attacking men. So, so we got to cut through that, y'all, with just love, power. Just be about the Father's business because most people out here, they're wasting their lives with the rhetoric. Meanwhile, souls are going to heaven. I mean, souls are going to hell and the limits of heaven are not being extended. So, again, when people hear the type of messages that we preach, it's over. So I'm excited. Let's go ahead and stand. Thank you, Jesus. What you just saw demonstrated right there is what you will experience as a small group leader. Because you've been talking to that person 45 minutes and you're tired. I just want to go home. I want you to leave my home. <laughs> just tired of talking. And then boom. Y'all notice how you could tell. I know you could tell. You notice how in the first half of that message, you could tell I was struggling and I was a little bit weaker. And then when it got to that part, it's called the fresh wind of the Holy Ghost where something comes upon you and now you're ministering as though you just woke up. You get to experience those things if, quote unquote, we allow the people to experience those things. So, go ahead and lift your hands. Father, we bless and honor your holy and majestic name, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, hallelujah. We thank you, O oh Lord God, for teaching us. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for helping us to reverse the negative trends that are in the body of Christ. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for giving us wisdom and blueprints and vision from above that will enable your people, O oh Lord God, finally, finally, once and for all, to become what they were born to be, to begin to do things that Jesus died for them to do, to prophesy and to walk in power, O oh Lord God, that has been given to us through Jesus' mighty name. We bless and honor you and thank you, O oh Lord God, for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for keeping us in spite of the fact that the system many a time has been broken and sometimes flat out wrong. Many of us, O oh Lord God, have been done wrong, have been abused, have been despised, have been shot down, have been pressed down, held down. Many of us have told, been told that we would never be anything. We would never be able to sing. We would never be used by God. We know that's a lie, O oh Lord God. You have given many people a chance to do right by us, and they would not. So I thank you, Lord, for those you have brought to this place and those you will continue to bring to this place so they can be brought up to the place that they should have already been in the past. And so we thank you for a quick work. Thank you for restoration power. Thank you, Lord God, that the spirit of fear to be used by God, the spirit of fear to be a leader, the spirit of fear to work alongside the pastoral staff. I thank you that this ministry, it is gone and gone forever. Thank you that people will be bold to step out. They will have faith to step out. They will do many miracles. Thank you, oh Lord God, that the miracles that will happen amongst the people will make it seem like, oh Lord God, the ministers do not even exist. For you taught us, oh Lord God, to teach the people to do the work of the ministry. And there is no work without the power to do that work. So we thank you, oh Lord God, that the testimonies of your people in these last days at this place will run like a mighty river. 
And I thank you, O oh Lord God, that it will pour. The rivers will pour into each other. The testimonies will just flow into each other and become a mighty ocean. So we thank you, O oh Lord God. We come into agreement that you will give us wisdom. You will give us insight. You will lead us and guide us in the way that you would have us to go. We thank you for the success of this ministry, O oh Lord God. The success of these home and cell groups. The success of inner healing and deliverance. We thank you, O oh Lord God, for the success of all of our evangelism efforts. Help us, O oh Lord God, to win a record number of souls and to be a testimony to other churches and ministries on how things are to be done correctly. Help us to walk in humility as we do it. We give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, if you believe you receive that prayer, just give God thanks and praise and receive grace to go to your next level. Receive grace and empowerment from heaven in the name of Jesus Christ for you to accomplish your destiny. Receive grace to hear from God completely and clearly in order to accomplish what he has already paid for for your life. Receive grace for speedy restoration. Receive grace for empowerment. Thank you, O oh Lord God. We receive grace, a prayer that you never deny. We thank you, O oh Lord God, for another deposit of it in order for us to get further down the line.